give you some kind of direction on it. Um, topics that I find interesting. Um, otherwise, I fall asleep myself in the middle of a class, and that will never do. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I like to ask the following question. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of um, there's a lot of Jewish ideals that are really contrary to, you know, um, I guess public opinion. Right. Everyone knows that. There's her ideals that just they, they're they're in contradiction. The idea that you know um, silence is a good place. Not everything has to be filled. Um, the idea that um, spirituality is more important than materialism, lots of Jewish ideals. When, when you hear an idea that, that is um, equally propagated in the outside world, so it's very important to understand whether it's the same or how it differs. Okay, now Shabbat's a great idea, yeah, a great example. Shabbat is this crazy time um, where in the old days, I don't think Shabbat meant much to most people because the fact that you had a meal with your family wasn't, you know, particularly Jewish, right? Now, the idea of sitting at a meal for for three hours without a phone is like totally novel. You know, funny something once they were, they, there was an article in this big paper that the Jewish people who spend you know one day a week not on their phones, you know, like this big revelation. Were like you know, I'm like wow, I'm so old. I don't remember that being so exciting, but I guess <laughs> I guess I had a childhood where we didn't have phones either. I don't know. Well, um, but as time goes on, that becomes you know special and novel and interesting, and the Jewish people can um, you know be proud of that. Um, so. My question is as follows, what is the difference, if there is any difference, between what the world says about feeling good about yourself, um, beauty, self-esteem, that kind of thing, and what Judaism say, says? Is it the, who, who, who had the idea first? Is it the same idea? What's the difference? And, and can we explore the difference? So I'd like to, I'd like to pose that question to the audience. Yeah. What's the difference between um, what Judaism has to say about how you're supposed to feel about yourself and what the world at large who, who, by the way, has become extremely sensitive and aware to this idea of feeling good about yourself. What's the difference? Is there a difference? Yeah. I think the world at large, um, especially in today's society, is very yeah. focused on the aesthetic beauty. Okay. Whereas in Judaism, I've always felt that it's more like inner beauty. Inner beauty. Okay, good. That's nice. That's nice. So, I've got a question for mm -hmm. you. What's your name? Shana. Shana. Okay. So... And this is a question that I had for years, really bothered me, this question. So, um, are any of the Jewish characters over the course of the Bible um, mentioned in terms of their beauty? Yeah. yeah. Who? Esther. Esther, who else? Sarah. Sarah, good, who else? Rachel. Who, who? Rachel? No. Rachel. 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 Yeah, a few others. Yes, yeah, yeah, so, right, on the one hand, the Torah praises them for their beauty. On the other hand, anybody familiar with the song Isha's Chaya? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really good that we sing it in Hebrew because some of those words, I don't know if you like them so much if they were in English, you know. Shaker hachain v'hevel hayofi. What does that mean? Okay, but what, what does that mean? What are the translations? Sheker, hachain. What is sheker? Lying. Yeah. Hachain. What's chain? Chain is like, you know, Jewish beauty, some kind of charm, right? The hevel, hayofi. And what does that mean? And what? Hevel is like a robe. Oh, sorry, I didn't pronounce properly. Hevel. Hevel. Hevel is robe. What is hevel? Hevel means like vanity, superficiality, nothingness is yofi. Okay, so I, 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 you know, I'm like, that's very nice, but 
why then is everybody so praised for their beauty <laughs> if it's such a bad thing? I mean, it's a very, very strange thing. You'd, you'd expect a, a talk show, ho you know, talk show host to say, "Oh, I'm introducing someone who's very beautiful," but you don't expect the to talk about how beautiful everybody is and then go on about how you know what a lie and what superficiality beauty is. Make up your mind. Okay, I was bothered by this question for years. Anybody else bothered by that question? Just me. Okay. All right. All right. Never mind. That's okay. You are now. You are now. Good question. Okay. Answers, anyone? So there seems to be this this pull already between you know, and it's interesting because um, you could say, well, maybe it's just inner beauty, right? But then the following line is Isha Yiras Hashem Kitzhala, the woman who fears God or is aware of God, is praiseworthy. And then I read a very old commentary that says, yes, yeah, very important to make sure that the woman that you pick is. A year as Hashem, someone who really, you know, is aware, is God conscious. But if she's beautiful, that's even better, <laughs> you know. So I'm like, okay, so you're not helping me answer my question, <laughs> okay? You have to make up your mind. Are we about internality or are we about helicomen externality, right? And again, if 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 beauty is considered to be praised on the one hand, but on the other hand, um, you know, looked down upon. So apart from the internal contradiction, then what's what is the Jewish perspective on beauty? Is it something we should be aiming for? Should we be looking to de-beautify? Should we work so hard on... I, I, I always understood that, you know, inner beauty is just like a really, really nice politically correct way of saying that someone's not very pretty. You know? <laughs> she's beautiful. She has so much inner beauty, like, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a good time to knock on that on your resume. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. Right, so we, so we have that as a question. So we've got a couple of questions amounting, right? Number one. If the whole world is into self-esteem and so are we, what's the difference? And number two, Torah, make up your mind. Do you like do you like my questions? Big questions? Okay. Beautiful. That's even better. You know. So I'm like, okay. So you're not helping me answer my question. Okay. You have to make up your mind. Are we about internality or are we about helicomen externality? Right. And again, if 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 beauty is considered to be praised on the one hand, but on the other hand, um, you know, looked down upon. So apart from the internal contradiction, then what's, what is the Jewish perspective on beauty? Is it something we should be aiming for? Should we be looking to de-beautify? Should we work so hard on... I, I, I always understood that, you know, inner beauty is just like a really, really nice politically correct way of saying that someone's not very pretty. You know? <laughs> she's beautiful. She has so much inner beauty, like, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a good sign to knock on that on your resume. Right? Yeah. Okay. Right, so we, so we have that as a question. So we've got a couple of questions amounting, right? Number one, if the whole world is into self-esteem and so are we, what's the difference? And number two, Torah, make up your mind. Do you like, to, do you like my questions? Big questions? Okay. But I have no idea the answer and have some more sushi and have some more Okay. It's now 2.30. It's definitely better. Okay. Um, all right. So let's take a direction over here. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a piece that I, um, I, I, I wrote out because my photography machine wasn't working. Um, from a safer, a book called the Ali Shur. Anybody heard about the Ali Shur? Many of you love the Ali Shur, don't you? Yeah, okay. Um, the Ali Shur is written by a um, famous rabbi called Rabbi Volga. And he's well known because he is, on the one hand, um, a big Talmud, he was a big Talmud, uh, a big scholar, but he was very psychologically astute. And he writes the following, and I'm just going to start with the beginning, and then we'll, 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 we'll go on and try and answer everything all together, okay? He says, Ma'amin um, amiti. See, let's see how good the Hebrew skills are, okay? Ma'amin. Who recognizes any words from ma'amin? Huh? Yes. You know the word emuna? 
Yes, good. Okay, ma'amin. What's a ma'amin there for? A believer. Okay, amiti. Who recognizes any words within amiti? Emet. Good. Yeah, okay. So a true believer. And listen to what he goes on and says now. Sarich liyot. Yeah, has to be, like, you know, you must be. Sameach b'chelko. Happy with what he has. This is a very, very, um, I, sometimes you, you, you read things like this and you just give up. Okay, hold on a second. Do you understand what he's saying? If you're a true believer, you must be happy with what you have. So it's like this. It's like you've got children and half of them, you know, need some more clothes and half of them are unhappy with their toys and half of them are, and you say to them, guys, do your homework. I'm not getting you any more things. You know, make sure you clean the room, you wrap us, and... Yeah, if you want to be good children, you have to do this with a sense of happiness. Okay? It's like, I'm doing everything I have to do. I'm a believer. I'm doing very well. Why do I also have to be happy? Isn't it my prerogative to be as miserable as I want? What do you mean I have to be happy? But you don't tell someone, you know, do your homework and like it. You tell them to do their homework. Right? They don't like it. They don't like it as long as they do it. And here, I'm feeling like, but on top of everything else, he's, this is a true believer, and you have to be happy. And and by the way, you know, this question is, isn't just on what Rabbi vulgarized. This question is also a um, very, very serious question in, in Judaism in general. Because when, when, Torah, when Judaism commands us to serve God, it says, serve God, and serve God with joy. Yes, otherwise what? I will bring massive amounts of destruction to you. So I'm not sure that's fair. I'm serious. Look at it. So the scariest part of all, of all the destruction is basically because you didn't do it with a sense of joy. And again, if I did it and I didn't like it, surely I should get more reward than if I liked it. If I liked it, it was easy, right? And we have some Jewish concepts like this. For example, um, if a man prays the third prayer of the day, or a woman prays the third prayer of the day, who gets more uh, reward for it? The man has a good clue. The man has to, and the woman doesn't. No, the man does. You know why? Because if you don't have to, then you're obviously doing it, because you feel like it. So what's the big deal? Right? I don't really feel like it today. Oh, you know what? Today I'm in the mood. You know? Like, I'm so righteous. I'm, it's a bit like, you know, I know when you when you go to someone else's house and you do their washing up and they tell you how amazing you are, it's because only because I don't have to, it's not my washing up, then I'm happy to do it. If it was my washing up, we'd be left like days in the same So you get more reward when you have to because when you have to, it's harder. Because it's not, it even feel like it. Right? And yet, when it comes to serving God, which you have to, okay, not only do you have to, but you also have to smile and like it. Right? Oh, oh, do you like this? <laughs> what are we going to do about this? And you'll find that every time there's a mention of this idea of serving God, boom, out comes this idea of joy again. Oh, if you're a true, and even here, right? You're a true believer. You have to be happy with what you have. It's a tall order. And again, if I'm doing it because I have to, so praise me because I'm doing it. Surely praise me because I'm doing it even though I don't like it. I like it. It's not such a big deal. So let's carry on. Why do you have to like it? Why, why is it that if you truly believe, 
then you are compelled, you are necessarily happy with your lot. Why is that? And here, here comes here comes the next step. He barulo. What does barur mean? Fear. Very good. He was very good. Okay. He barulo because he has clarity. She'ain hakadosh baruch hu mekapeach kol biria. That God doesn't beat people up. Uvekochos shehu natan lo, and with the strengths that he was given, yachol ha'adam behechlet lahagia l'shlemuto. A person is absolutely able to get to his completion. So now things change a bit. Okay? He's not saying, if you believe, you must like it. He's saying, if you are a true believer, what does that mean? What does it mean that you're a true believer? What does it mean? That you don't question. And more than that. I mean, I could say, okay, you know, I would question, but I don't, because it's not my, because I'm not supposed to. He's saying, believing means over here that I have total clarity. I have total clarity that that which I have is that which I need. What's that got to do with my amuna? What, why, why, why is that specific to the person who believes? Because if you... you understand that the idea of the idea of the following of I was supposed to have something else but I didn't get it what does that mean really it means there was a mistake made right it means there was a mistake made so you know I always give this example it's a really stupid example but I kind of relate to it okay you have like um, a really downtrodden vehicle okay two really downtrodden vehicles their windows are dirty and their tires are broken, okay? And they're out of petrol and their windscreen's filthy and they smell of cigarettes, whatever it is, okay? Some people like the smell of cigarettes, but let's just say, okay? And one of them turns around and says, I'm really, really uncomfortable with my situation, okay? And you look at the car and the car is a um, Skoda. Okay, in England, those are the cars that we make fun of when we have car jokes, okay? So, <laughs> and how good your Skodas are, but our Skodas are always bad cars, right? So what can you say to make the Skoda feel better? You're still Yeah, okay, and we'll get it off you, right? We're going to clean your windows, and we're going to oil your engine, and we're going to put a big fat grease lightning sign on your <laughs> side so you can feel really special, right? And we're going to air freshen you with one of those nice pina colada, you know, air fresheners that you put in for a new car, right? And we're going to... We're gonna, we're gonna make you we're gonna make you drive, right? So how does the car feel? Yeah, okay, yeah. And then you turn to another car and the other the other car's also complaining. And you have the car saying, I'm such a bad car, my windows are dirty and you know, I don't work very well and you know, and you see it's all covered in dirt and you rub the brand name thing that's all covered in filth and you know what it says over there? It doesn't say Skoda, it says Ferrari. Okay. Now what do you say to the car? You don't say to the car, 
Oh, that's okay, honey. I'm sure I'll get you on the road. I'm sure I'll get you on the road. You'll be okay. We'll just, we'll just, we'll just spray you and paint you, and then you'll be better. What do you say to the car? You say, whoa, okay, the Skoda will, will sympathize with, okay? We're not sympathizing with you feeling like you're a bad car because you're a Ferrari. Did you know you're a Ferrari? Yeah, I don't know. What's a Ferrari? Idiot. What's a Ferrari? You're the best car in the world. We don't, it doesn't matter that you're, that you're that, you know, your car is a dirty. Like, we're not going to, like, sit there and, like, you know, give them lots of empathy. We're going to say, do you know what you are? You, you, you have the best engine in the world. Like, you are wrong. You are wrong. You're not a sad, desolate, pathetic little car. You are mistaken about your identity because it's not really about how you feel. It's about the people who made your engine. Okay? And if you have a Ferrari engine inside your bonnet, you're the best car in the world. Um, we just need to like let you know what Ferrari means, and then you can stop worrying about the fact that your tires are flat. We can solve that problem. Ma'amin <laughs> amiti. <laughs> a true believer it's not that since you believe now on top of everything else you also have to believe that you that you know that you also have to be happy it's if i understand that who i am is not really a reflection of how badly i think about myself that's just a mistake that everything that i have was made by you know better than ferrari yeah if i'm not driving well I am misunderstanding myself. I did a lot of um, I did a lot of research on self-esteem. I'll tell you why I did research on self-esteem. It wasn't coming from a very mature reason. I did research on self-esteem because I was slightly in competition uh, with a relative of mine who was not not terribly into Judaism, but very very into you know, Anthony Robbins and Jack Canfield, right? And I was thinking. What do they have that we, the Jewish people, don't have? Like that's what's going on over here. This is working for you. You're, you know, all the wisdom is supposed to be by us, right? So I, um, I got a little bit curious. So I, um, I, I, I ordered myself a whole big bunch of, ser you know, big series from Jack Canfield. I wanted to see what was this wisdom that seems to be out there that Jewish people don't have. And I thought it was quite funny because um, I, as I was taking down notes, I realized that. One piece of self-esteem came from Chumash, and one came from Birkei Avot, and the other one, yeah. And his packaging is very good, it's a lot of wisdom. But I also noticed a theme, and if you don't understand this theme, you can go round and round and round and round and building self-esteem, okay? Why does the world believe in self-esteem? Why has it become so popular? Because it's powerful. Yes, now, good. Explain what you mean by powerful. One has self if you have self-esteem, you now feel to some degree invincible. And they'll say things like, you know, if you want to be a really successful guy, girl, whatever, right? Put hundreds and hundreds of dollars in your wallet because people who are surrounded by money makes them feel richer than they are. Then they make more money because they feel like they have more money. But all these like tricks, right? And the bottom line came down to this. If you have self-esteem, you are a more productive person because the better you feel about yourself, the better you perform, the better you perform, the better you feel, the better you feel, the better you perform. And before you know it, you're up there with the tycoons because you believed in yourself. What's the problem with that? It's external. It's, meaning? You're basing it on like, an external 
Okay, good. So you're basing on productivity rather than essence. Okay, good. I think it's not always long term and it's hard to always have essence. It may not be long term, meaning you could take a dive in your productivity and therefore dive in your self esteem. Okay. Agreed. Agreed with the grief, right? And also, there's, a, there's another point which I, I found interesting. It, the more self-esteem I have, the better I produce. The better I produce, the more self-esteem I have, right? So it's worth my while having self-esteem. Because I have self-esteem, I'll become the kind of person who deserves self-esteem. Okay? Problem. It's not inherent. Huh? It's not inherent. It's like based on what you're doing. Yes. Yes, that's right. What you're saying to me is, you can't really give me a reason why I should feel good about myself, except for the fact that if I have a reason to feel good about myself, and then I start feeling good about myself, I'm going to be one of those people who just, you know, who has the right to have good self-esteem. That's, that's not the Jewish concept. Why? It's not, it's not, it's not a negative thing. It's a, it's a good thing to feel good about yourself if it, if it means that you're going to, you know, walk the walk, right? You know, there's some people, they walk the walk. There's something, there's, I read this book about getting promoted, and there's this chapter called The Manager Walk. You know, there's some people, they walk in, and they, like, they have this walk, and, like, that's the guy who's going to get promoted, because he's just got it. He's got what it takes, and, like, I'm like, Manager's walk. I'm gonna try that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know, but there's, there's a certain, you know, you've got that, it, you've got it. Yeah, I've got the manager's all right. That, you know, you've got the manager's boots. You need the manager's boots, right? You, you, certain people have it, and if you have it, you put it right. No? No? You have it. How do I know? Because it says Ferrari. I can see it. It says Ferrari. Why does it say Ferrari? Based on your actions. Nope. It doesn't say Ferrari based on your actions. If you're a Ferrari and you don't know you're a Ferrari, you'll never drive. <coughs> Sorry? Yeah, that's right. What? You were made by, by, by the better manufacturer. Your, understand, your, your connection to that um, is, it doesn't take away from the truth of it. Like I said, if I don't know I'm a good car and I am one, I am one. You know, if I'm if I'm if I'm a if I'm a Skoda with great self-esteem, I may beat a Ferrari in a race, practically speaking. It doesn't make me better. What makes me better is, is my manufacturer. So we'll go back to this and listen, listen to this with, with different ears now, okay? Don't worry about the word sarich as a don't think of it as a commandment. Think of it as a um, ramification. Okay? If you truly believe, meaning what? Meaning, you understand that who you were, who created you. You have a sense that he who created you creates good products. You will necessarily be pleased with what you have because you will understand that you have everything that you need for your completion. Where did this get skewed? Where did this get skewed? Where did my sense that I have absolutely everything that I need get misdirected? <coughs> okay, how so? What do they do? What does what, what does advertising media do? They make you think that you are lacking something and that their product is going to fill that. Thing. Right. So they make you feel that. Okay. So so how, how do I know I'm lacking something? What, what what's what what do you mean? What am I doing that makes you feel that I'm missing something? Perfection. Perfection. Oh, yes, that thing. Do you know anybody with it? Not yet. <laughs> no, that's right. Looking, maybe tomorrow night. Yeah, you're hungry, right? Okay. <laughs> I'm advertising the uh, mixing day. Okay, okay. Right. <laughs> what's, what's perfection? Their 
Determined by whom? Yeah, okay, so this is what we'll do. We will create the concept of a generic, on, on whatever, in whatever topic you like, we'll create the concept of a model. Okay, not just a beta model, a model. What is this model? What does model mean? It means, well, if you have like a sample of clothing and you have a mo like one piece, one model of clothing, what does that mean? This is the prototype. This is what it should look like, okay? So now, you get to do what to yourself? <laughs> and I'm gonna use a terribly evil word now. Thank you. <laughs> you get to compare yourself to what it is that you should look like in order to succeed, okay? Um, women's question for you. When was the last time anybody here stood in front of a mirror, saw what there was, and just enjoyed it. <laughs> yes? Most people... <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else. Oh, really? What do you mean I'm not saying? You know, was unhappy with what they saw in the mirror. Yeah, well, no, that, would, that, 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 that would get me a big fat yes. I want to think about this. When you look at the mirror, what, what do you focus on? That's wrong. Yeah. yeah, okay. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm not, I don't want the answer. But um, is there anybody here who would struggle to, uh, to answer the following question? If there were one or three things you could change about yourself, what would they be? How many people don't already have an answer to that question? Yeah? The only possibility would be like the time it took to debate between my top ten things. <laughs> <laughs> that might take me some time. Okay? Uh, by the way, uh, myself included. Absolutely. Right? Uh, we all have those things that if I could change it, I know exactly which job I'm okay. right. <laughs> Which jobs... What am I doing? What am I doing? I'm criticizing, and I know that something is wrong because I have a sense in my head of what it should be, and what I'm looking at is how far I fall short of what it should be. Where do you get that sense of what it should be from? From someone who deemed that there is a way to look, which is really funny, because there's nobody here who looks any, anything like the other person. So where does the perfect person come from? I mean, how do you determine what, what is the right size of eye or nose or teeth gaps or eyebrows or, or you know, thighs, waists, breasts? I mean, where do you determine this? And nevertheless, even though that's, everybody knows it's impossible because no one looks like anybody else, you look in the mirror and you've been trained to see where you fall short for what you should look like. Okay? That's what we notice. I had this teacher... I'm still completely not over the fact that this teacher hadn't seen herself in the mirror until she was 17. So when I was 18, she was about 200. So, so now she'd be about 222. Um, and, now you know my age, right? And she, uh, she lived in Poland in a shtetl. And um, when she was 17, she was old enough to go on the horse and cart to the market. And there she saw her first mirror. And I said to her, what did you think when you saw yourself in the mirror for the first time? And she said, I was a little disappointed. Who's just fair? But that was about it. It was like, you know, oh, I guess. I guess I was hoping for something really different. Oh, that's what I look like. Okay. 
She hadn't seen herself in a mirror. Mm -hmm. but she, for the first she 17 years. She herself in a water reflection. Yeah, she did. She said, I had a bit of a sense from the lake. Mm -hmm. But she hadn't actually seen like a, a real mirror. Yeah. Okay. Imagine what life would be like if you didn't see yourself in a mirror. <laughs> who thinks they'd be less happy and who thinks they'd be more happy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's actually very interesting because um, here's, here's an observation that I, I find fascinating. But um, you've never actually seen your face either. Yeah. What have you seen? Yeah, you've seen a reflection. Right now, when should you see the reflection? You wake up in the morning and you see that reflection, which is generally horrifying because they have some ridiculous idea putting mirrors in the bathroom. So it's actually stupid, you know. <laughs> All right. And when you go into an elevator, you know how like everybody loves themselves in there, like, and then sometimes you get caught because the door's open before you're ready, and you're like, oh. <laughs> okay. How how often do you guys see yourselves in reflections? All the time. Okay. Again, it used to be photos. So photos would happen at weddings and at camps. Now they happen every three seconds. You look at yourself. You know, I'm like, I, I look at people sometimes. Right near us, 
I would have given her about 70. And she's running, and she's running, and she's running, and, and her whole body, suddenly this doesn't look pretty anymore, it just looks like it's not quite what it should look at her age, it just, it's just, and I'm thinking, oh, I know where she's running, she's running over, against time, <laughs> you know, she's running away, and she's saying, I'm still 20, darn it, and I'm going I'm to beat you in this race, and, I, and I'm thinking to myself, you should be in an armchair. <laughs> you should be knitting. You should be telling your children that life. But you're not. You're you're running. Why are you running? Because you come from a society that has told you that you are valuable when you look like this, and you will spend your time keeping yourself valuable. If you come from a society that tells you that you are valuable at a certain size and valuable at a certain age and valuable at a certain look, then it's a race against time, you understand? Because time isn't as kind as you know, uh, photos that don't change, right? Scary, very scary thought. Very scary thought to value yourself at this at this amount of your life, and to know that everything else is just not good enough, or to value yourself at a particular size, or a particular weight, or a particular cup size, or a particular height. Well, what do you do if 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 you fall far from that? So you stand in front of the mirror. And you see what there isn't, what there is too much of, what there is not enough of. And that's what you see. So, it doesn't mean that beauty is a bad thing. Okay? It means that there is a context to beauty. Explain what I mean by that. What is the difference in the following compliment? Okay? You are a beautiful woman. Woman on my right. Okay? Woman on my left. You are a beauty. What's the difference in the compliment? She's a beautiful woman and she's a beauty. What's the difference? It kind of seems like when you say you're a beautiful woman, you're emphasizing the woman part, and when you're a beauty, you're just reflecting on the beauty. Very nice, okay? The beauty here is the noun, and the beauty here is the adjective. You're a person first, and on top of that, there is this, there is this lacing of this lovely word, which is beauty. This lovely concept of beauty, this 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 really valued concept of beautification, of who you are essentially. But if you get confused and think that that is who you are essentially, at that point, listen to the words. It becomes a sheker and a heather. What do those words mean? Sheker means it's a lie. Okay, it's not the truth. It doesn't even mean it's bad, it just means it's not the truth. And heaven means it's a superficiality. It's missing the depth. You have to be a person first, and then you can beautify your personhood who you like. It's fine that it's that it looks nice, but if it's the looking nice is the replacement for the for the for the for the, for the humanity inside of it, it becomes a lie. <laughs> it, it, it's it's wrong. It's a focus on the wrong thing. It's a misunderstanding of what the, of the truth is. What's the truth? The truth is like this. That which I have is exactly that which I am supposed to be. And if I don't have it, it's not something that I need for my fulfillment as a human being. Because if I needed it, then the Ferrari maker would have put it in my package. Because the Ferrari makers, like IKEA, right? They never make a mistake. There's one screw too many, you did it well. This teacher that I told you about, the one who's 225. Okay, 
So she said something else, and it was very, very life-changing for me. I hope it's as powerful for you as it was for me. And I'm sure that would be the case, because we all have our moment, our, our moment for something strikes us. But I'm going to show what she said to me that was very powerful. She said, and it was so irritating when she said it. <laughs> and I had to do her accent, otherwise it's just not fun. You know, she said, little girls in life, nobody can hurt you. I'm like, oh my God, you so haven't been 18 for like 4,000 years. How would you know how complicated it is? You know, because most of what you do when you're 18 is be hurt, <laughs> right? No. Just did everything here, like, please get it. And she said, when someone says something to hurt you, there is two options. One, they are right, so change. <laughs> two, they are wrong. So why are you losing sleep? I say to you, you are a bad friend. So if you're a bad friend, become a better friend. So if you're a good friend and I'm telling you that you're a bad friend, who's, 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 who has the issue? I have the issue. Well, I'm the kind of person who walks around insulting people. Uh-uh, have you? You're going to spend the whole day upset now because I can't control my mouth because I am in a bad mood? Where's the logic in that? I was sitting in the car once in Israel. And I think I must have been in the wrong lane or something quite reasonable. It wasn't terrible. I didn't do I didn't run anybody over. I didn't make anybody late. I was just kind of in the wrong lane. And this man comes up to me, okay, and he starts screaming and yelling and shouting. And like there's thousands of well thousands, it felt like thousands, like there's tens of people like looking at me and I could feel the like the blood rising. I was like so embarrassed, like it's embarrassing me. And then in the middle I thought to myself, so what's happening? I'm in the wrong lane. It's not a big deal. I'm going to go to the right lane. It's not his business. He's standing there, screaming at this poor woman driving who happened to be me, right? Okay? And, and yelling. And I'm like, hey, you are the idiot. Okay? <laughs> and then I started feeling really bad. I'm like, really, I really hope you're not married. You're a poor wife. Like, what? what like, but like, you're, why am I getting embarrassed when you're not embarrassing me? You're making a spectacle of yourself at me. It's nothing to do with me. It would have been anybody. You were clearly waiting to explode at somebody. I'm going to feel bad for him. I'm going to, I'm going to feel bad for you. Because you're a sad person. If, if, if you get a kick out of, embar of embarrassing people. But this is not my problem. This is your problem. You can't see somebody else if, you, if you're so busy seeing yourself. So you don't. You know you exist not because somebody cooed at you. <laughs> because you were able to notice another person and think. You were able to reach out to them. You didn't focus on how they shouted at you. You focused on everything you could do to solve, to solve what was bothering them in the first place. You have to get to a place of harmony with yourself. If you're not in a place of harmony, if you're not in a beginning place of acknowledging what you have, if you are so busy finding a mirror so you can focus on how fat you are or how thin you are or how too tall you are, how thin you are, how do this, or how much you fall short of this model that doesn't exist, you're going to spend your whole life waiting for something to happen that doesn't need to happen. Because you are just the way you need to be. How do you know? Maybe that's right. How hard is it to get to that place? How hard is it to reach that place? Tell me. Tell me. How hard is it to reach that place? <laughs> no, it's not. I want to know it's not. It's a fantasy. Mm -hmm. 
they make us feel like it's an impossible place to get to. It is one realization away. It is that one moment where I stand in and I think, who made me? Does he know what he's doing? If the answer is yes, the natural ramification is that I'm the way I'm supposed to be. But I'm so used to thinking that I fall short of it. So we were wrong. What does that mean? Why? Get your keys and get whatever's in the car out. They're telling your car for some reason because it's halfway. It doesn't work. Halfway. The lady tried to argue with them. How did you know that? The lady was coming. How did you know that? She just left. She argued with them. Wait, wait, wait. Just get your keys and try and get everything out of the car that you need. Then it's just a way to get it away. It's on the thing now. It's on the
and I had everything lined up and all the sandwiches made and all the shoes ready I thought okay and as the last child was climbing into the car I, I hear the dreaded words even worse than they're towing your car it was mommy I can't find my shoe and I'm like oh no <laughs> so I said to the kids go into the car and I'm going to find the shoe okay so I I, I smiled and then I waved and I slammed the door shut tight so hard I was so furious I smacked a wall and I said to Mr. Ferrari, <laughs> I said, I don't need this right now. And I felt so stupid. So I said it again, but I changed the wording this time. And I said, I obviously need this right now. <laughs> I don't know why, but I clearly do, otherwise it wouldn't be happening, would it? And then I calmed down. And then I said, can I have the shoe back, please? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and of course, I found the shoe right there. And then I, I humbly apologized for um, excluding him from the morning because I was so busy getting around myself, very clearly. Um, you know, and we invited Mr. Ferrari, as it were, back into the morning, and you know, which was a good thing. But it's again, it's this idea, it's, it, it's, it's everything that is, it's what I need for my completion. <laughs> is it what I would have liked it to be? No. Is it fun? No, not always. <laughs> and does it bring me every sense of what I hoped and dreamed? No. So I can either spend my life waiting for it to become, or I can adjust my understanding of whether it is what it should be to what is. And when I do that, the gap between what is and what I think should be disappears as I, as I readjust my my understanding to what already is. And at that point, I'm in a place of shalom. I'm in a place of, of a sense of completion. And then I can start. Because again, if I spend my whole life waiting for the last piece, my whole life will be about waiting for the last piece. And I would miss what my life is supposed to be about. So, um, I hope it's something, I think, I hope it's a helpful idea to carry with you. And again, you know, your answer is so what I thought everybody would say, right? Which is that it's really, really hard to get there. And I'd like to break that into into a thousand pieces, okay? It doesn't have to be hard to get there. It's a recognition of letting something go that you're holding onto that is causing you pain, okay? If I let, if I let go of, of what it is that I'm willing to happen, <laughs> and I go with what is, I breathe again, you know, and I think we've all had moments in our life where we want something really badly and then we just let it go because, because maybe sometimes sometimes because we're on our knees, <laughs> so there's no choice but to let it go. But you can you can do that consciously. You don't have to wait for, for life to put you on your knees to get to that place. You can you can look at it. You can look at it as it is and say, I accept this. I accept me. I accept my stuff. Except that I don't have what I'm not going to have. Except that I, that I do have what I should have. And then I'm at a place of, of healing. And then I present it. <laughs> and if I don't have the tools that I think I need, then I've got my idea of my tools wrong. My idea of my circumstances that I should have wrong. It's, 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 it's a realization away. It's not work. You don't have to bang yourself you know, against a brick wall to come to that place. You have to breathe into it and see it, and 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 and, and shift shift the gap between what I what, what I have and what I should have. Make that disappear. 
if I have it, it's what I should have. Realization. It can take many, many years to hit that realization. And people sometimes never hit that realization. Once I hit that realization, then I'm in the person to, to find life um, far more painless. you adjust yourself to it. So um, I give us I give us a bracha that we have that realization um, and that we enjoy what it is that we have and that we really make what we have beautiful but that we make peace with what it is that we have and what it is that we don't. And then we are able to see ourselves as truly beautiful people because of that which we do for a world that we're able to perceive because we're outside of, a, of our own home. And, uh, you know, blessings for us all. Blessings for us all. Okay, all right. Um, sushi, anybody? <laughs> Questions? Anybody? Um, so, you, you started to talk about how um, you can work towards change with God as a partner so I was just curious like is the idea that if let's say you, you have challenges like if you like if someone wanted to change something about their appearance whether it be like I don't know like they whatever you know the whatever range of things that people want to change is it that you're it's not as troubling to you that you need to change this or like you're content with what you have but it's something you want to work on like if that's your challenge in life or is it that you just accept that this is who, who you are and you don't work to change it so I guess it's like this if I have um, a big piece of wood and four sticks in my bag yeah, I'm allowed to turn that into a table I could probably make that into a chair Yeah, what I can't make of that is a horse Okay. Okay. meaning there's also a partnership with taking everything that I have and, and, and with it you know, going ahead and contributing. There's, there's a, there are, you know, for example, if I have anger, you know, the point is not to be like, oh, God gave me anger, I have to go around punching people, okay? But I understand that it's mine to work on my anger. There's a certain expectation, okay? The way to start working on your anger, by the way, to some degree, is to give yourself a break that this is something that you have to deal with, as opposed to getting, you know, getting so despondent that you sh I shouldn't be an angry person. Well, clearly that's not true. Clearly, clearly you, you're, it's not that you should be an angry person. It's that clearly what you have to work on is your anger. You don't have to get so despondent that you have anger to work on because it's part of what you were given. And by the way, can you do anything good with anger? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Yeah, you can fight lots of injustices with anger. Mm -hmm. All the people who've done big things in the world are quite angry about it at the time. Okay? So I can channel what I have. I can use it as part and parcel of what... You know, I, I just met this this woman. It was interesting. She, anybody here, Kay Wilson? That name ring well. So she was she was one of two women who were in the Jerusalem forest about five years ago, um, when they were both um, murdered, except for she, except for the fact that she she faked that she was dead and then they left her that she'd been like hacked to death basically, and her friend was killed. And she, um, it was crazy. She was, she was being stabbed, and she was just pretending to be dead. So it was a crazy, crazy story. Um, and she talks about her experiences because she has a certain death experience, and you know the rest of it. You know, and she said to me after she was like, "It's really bad. Like, I'm really sorry that I really, that I'm not that religious. I really believe in God and everything, but I just find rules really hard." And you know, and I found myself saying to her, 
Um, I think it's probably a really good thing that you found Lord Tar because if you if you're a rule follower, you'd be killed. I mean, it was your ability to like think ahead, think out of your brain. You know, does that mean you have excuses to never keep rules again? No. But you know, did, did you need that to keep yourself alive? Yeah, you needed to, to to defy what was happening and to just think outside of the authority at the time, right? So that that which you have is there is there for for you to work with it. Sometimes working with it means getting over it. Sometimes working with it means channeling it. Sometimes, but you can't make a horse out of five feet of, of wood. So if I spend my life thinking like I wish, I wish I was supposed to make horses, so I'm going to miss the fact that I'm supposed to be making tables, right, or chairs. Or so my 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 interaction with what I have and my my um, building into something, but it, it begins with my accepting that this is my this is my packet. Okay, I don't have to sit back and say I'm done. I'm now done. I have excuses now. I can understand that the loss that I went through is good. But loss is a good example, okay? Some people go through loss. I hope it's not too um, uh, raw topic for anybody to give me for this. Some people go through loss, and it, it to some degree becomes a debilitating excuse for never being able to, to go move, move forward in life. And some people go through loss, and it makes them, you know, <coughs> able to understand, sensitive to pain, appreciative, grateful, able to help others. I mean, the, that which I had is now something that I can add to what I contribute to, to the world. So am I, using, am, I, am I using the fact that I have as an excuse to not move forward? Or do I understand that it's not accidental that I have what I went through? And that it's part and parcel of what I do with my life? I don't, I don't look at myself and say, I'm a complete object. I look at myself and I say, everything that I have is everything, and, and, he, and he says it in the book, right? Everything that I need to reach my perfection. But it, what I have is what I need. And what I don't have, I didn't need. And now I can work on my perfection. Whatever that means. Does that answer the question? Yeah. Okay. Any other questions? <laughs> okay. So again, give, give, give up this give up this notion that it's like uh, it's impossible to reach. It's it's a it, it's it, if you like it is, and this is what's very special about the way that he writes it. It is the emotional reaction that comes with a, with an understanding. So if you can if you can put yourself in the place of the understanding. Um, you have a much stronger chance of reaching that, you know, if, I, if, I, if this is what I truly see to be true, then I, I have to believe it, because <laughs> I guess it's logical. doesn't mean it's, again, fun or easy, all the things that I have are, are easy to work with, but the understanding that if, if this was a design, it was designed well, because the designer knows, knows what they're doing, that I can make peace with. And then at that point, I can move forward. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> 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 I don't know what I should